I went to the shop and I bought two bananas. Okay, what are your two... <laughs> Only <are> two. Your, <laughs> what, what are your two main stories this week? What are your headlines? My headlines? Yeah. Oh. <laughs> we know what your headlines are. Your headlines are you booked a gig. I booked a gig and I got a cat. There you go. Right? There you go. Fucking awesome. Right? Like, what a week. What a week. <laughs> what a week. Best week of my life. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. We've got something to talk about. And <coughs> I um, ran a workshop and recorded a new theme tune. Mm-hmm. I might show you. Write the theme tune, sing the theme tune. Write the theme tune, sing the theme tune. That's literally what I've done. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, uh, now, now I feel really embarrassed. I think it's probably terrible. I don't know, let's see. We'll find out. Sure, maybe. No, I think it probably is. Second episode of a podcast ever. <laughs> Twenty-five <laughs> hours. Twenty-five hours. Fasten your seatbelt. It's been eighty-seven years. Strap in. Strap on. No, right. Don't, don't do that. It's gross. 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 Welcome, listeners. <laughs> Welcome back, everyone. To the second episode of How to Fail at Acting. The best second episode of a podcast ever. Ever. <laughs> ever. Thank you, Jean. <laughs> I'm one of your hosts, Tom. And I am the other one, Charlotte. <laughs> she is the other. Hashtag the other one. The other one. <laughs> Story of my life. We are joined uh, today. We are graced today by a man who's better at introducing himself than anybody else is. Mm. So before I say his name, should I should I not say your <laughs> should I not say my name? Should I not <laughs> should I not say your name so that you can introduce yourself? If you want to get your introduction out of the way first, then I will. Ex- okay. Then I'll do my thing. Okay. God help He's us. He's going to do his thing. He's the best. <laughs> I'm really scared. The great man himself. I'm a bit scared. I feel like. I th- is it? Is it like? <laughs> is it like when Hawaiian Brian does the mothership? <laughs> no. I, I wish it was, but no. Okay. <laughs> so um, we are joined by the one and only Gene Rick. Gene Rick, welcome. What have you got to say for yourself? Ladies and gentlemen, my name is Gene Rick. I am the most generic man in professional wrestling and I am the undisputed wrestling league general manager. And today I am very gracious to be on How to Fail at Acting. 
which I think is my autobiography at this point. <laughs> Thank you so much, Gene. Whoop, whoop. You can you can edit in some applause there. That I yeah. yeah, yeah, we'll absolutely do that. Canned applause. <laughs> Smash cut to me, <laughs> just double tracking my own applause like twenty times. Oh, that is. I am not. I'm. <laughs> I am not above that. I will do it. So, um, Gene introduced himself today in uh, such an audacious manner because Gene is a very serious professional wrestler. Can I stop you right there? <laughs> that I I do believe that's an oxymoron. You can either be very serious or you can either be a professional wrestler. It's never good for the two to intertwine. <laughs> well... Uh, welcome, welcome, Jean. Thank you. Um, I think it would be really, really good to uh, for you to tell us how Jean, how Jean Rick, the most generic man in wrestling, came to be. Well, I was an actor for many, many, many years uh, in Colchester and film, uh, helping people film stuff in London and. Uh, the, the home counties was my general map. Then after a time, I felt like I had done all I could do for the present being. And thanks to a few friends, I found the School of Slam in Harwich. Um, the School of Slam being a wrestling school. Yes, being being the wrestling school of the wrestling league. Um, they convinced me to go along just once, see if you like it. No problem if you don't. It's a day out, and the rest is history. Well, okay. So, what what really made you stop acting? Then you said like you've done all of all all of the things that you that, that you're likely <clears throat> to do. What what was the point in which you thought ah, I'm done? That would have been. Uh, what year was it? It would have been towards the end of 2016, I believe. Um, just I, after Sweeney Todd. Just after Sweeney Todd, yes, yes, exactly. Um, at that point, I... Which was good, by the way. Oh, it, 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 yeah. was, it, it was brilliant. <laughs> I, I'm very thrilled that I... All the nights I was on that show, I sat in Sweeney's chair and survived. <laughs> Although that's mostly because I was too fat to go down the trap hole. <laughs> but no, that, that, that show was so much fun. Um I realised that I was starting to get to a close on acting, at least in Amdram with people like Headgate Theatre and Mercury Theatre, was because um, I was in a job that I wasn't that fond of and I was going through a few issues with my mental health. Um, And I just felt like... I, I... Basically, I had a bit of a identity crisis at the time. It's like I didn't know who I was, who I wanted to be, um, and it, it got to December. I was uh, doing rehearsals for Headgate's pantomime, oh, right. and I I felt like I'm going to do two, maybe three more shows, and I need to take a break. Yeah, for me. Um, so I, I finished the pantomime. I did Daisy pulls it off in February, 
And then the week after that finish, I did Yes, Prime Minister. And after that, that, that was when my friends asked me, do you want to come to this wrestling school in Harwich? And uh, as I said, the rest is history. So inventing a new character solved your identity crisis? <laughs> in a way, actually, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I, I guess it's because I... Um, th- this is one of the things I've touched upon, being Gene. Yeah. Because... Uh, the character of Gene Rick is essentially Jack Biggs turned up to 11 where it's yeah. like, I use the same background, someone who's done everything in acting, won awards, been loved, been hated, all that crap. Yeah. And then wanted to succeed elsewhere in professional wrestling. That's how my solo character started. Um, because I had the creative freedom to do so. Yeah. And that's something I've touched upon being Gene where, um, being an actor, you are basically uh, given a hole to fill by a director. Yeah. Where you have to be what they want, you have to look how they want, have to sound what they want. Mm-hmm. Now that I'm my own director, I'm my own producer of yeah. generic productions, I call it. Yeah. Like, I can look how I want. So, so I've got the dyed hair. It's longer than shit. I haven't had a haircut in two years. Um, I, I have the beard. I, I look how I want to look. I act how I want to act. You look like a professional wrestler. <laughs> You're not the first person to say that, which I think is a compliment. <laughs> oh, no, it absolutely is. It absolutely is. It's interesting that you say that the 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 big difference between acting and wrestling, the one of, one of the big differences you highlight there is that you're beholden to a director who who has essentially kind of cast you to fill a hole mm. that and 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 they've made that hole a particular shape and you've got to kind of squeeze yourself into it chucks how how do you solve that problem because you you haven't you haven't done the i don't want to do this anymore no. bit <laughs> we both look either. forward to that <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> one day we're both oh. going to be like i can't be asked with this so we're just going to be wrestlers <laughs> yeah you imagine me as a wrestler? Oh, it'd be so good. It'd be great, wouldn't oh, it? Oh, man. I told you you should take up martial arts. <laughs> be amazing. Um, yeah, so I, I, think, uh, I think probably allowing yourself some kind of creative freedom within the confines of slotting into that compartment yeah. that the director wants you to slot into. I mean, you know, it's the same as creating your own work and starting something from scratch when you have that complete creative freedom that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I think, I mean, as we talked about last week, you can only offer yourself. Yeah. So there's a certain amount of freedom within that to be who you want to be within that character yeah. and, and putting an identity on them that is you, but also not quite you. Yeah, I, I would... I would absolutely agree. I think that whenever I've been in an acting role under direction, not whenever actually, but more recently, any director, after they've cast me, I just think, well, you've got me now. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah. so they'll ask me for something. They'll, 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 they'll have expectations and they'll have desires about what they want that character to be. And now I just think, okay, I'm going to do this though mm-hmm. and you let me know if that's better or not. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. 
and if they really don't like it i will i will endeavor to at the very least kind of split the difference and find a way to satisfy myself as well as them yeah but really i only ever try to be what i am on stage because that's when i'm at my best i do my best work i'm the most engaging i am mm. when when i'm when i feel like i'm doing what you do gene in a role and like i found a, a way to do that and it might be it might be down to some factors of privilege like the fact that i'm uh, a, a white male with a good vocabulary which means it's quite possible that I've simply intimidated directors into letting me do what I want because <laughs> I have done that. Like I've, I've, I've had, uh, I've, I've had directorial experiences where I've been asked how, you know, how are they for you? And I've been, oh, it's fine. They let me do what I want. Mm. And other actors in the cast have not had that experience at all. And they've been micromanaged. And so th- I suspect there's some of my, there's some of my kind of privilege in play there. But the 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 best thing to do when anybody's ever trying to fit you into a hole is just to jam <laughs> jam yourself in there and change the shape of the hole, <laughs> and then let them deal with it. It makes me sound like quite a troublesome actor. <laughs> That's okay. I make my own work now, so no one's going to cast me anyway. <laughs> But I think that's right, isn't it? You you gauge it, and I think the same with wrestling as well. You know, if if people aren't responding to what you're doing and what you're presenting yourself yeah. as, then you change it slightly. And yeah, it's like it's. I guess in in a lot of ways with wrestling, it's it, there's there's a similarity to stand up because the audience are your mirror. They are yeah. your director, and they will tell you whether they like what you're doing or not. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and they tell you immediately. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, like that. That's something that for a long time I, I struggled to get over was just how yeah. active and involved a wrestling crowd is because yeah. I was so used to a theatre crowd where they're quiet throughout. Yeah, um, yeah. there's no there's no fourth yeah. wall. They're right there. Yeah, exactly. Yelling. And like they, they will tell you there and then if they think you're shit. And they will. They literally yeah, will. Yeah, they literally do. And like, they the will fir- chant you suck. The, the first time uh, I, I was a bad guy the first few months of my career... Sorry, I was a heel for the first few months of my career. Inside term, inside wrestling inside terms. term, inside knowledge, um, and like eat like, which was fine because I hate faking a smile anyway. If I smile, yeah. I want it to be genuine. Yeah. So like like getting to be a grumpy bastard suited me well. Um, and I think, do you think do you think maybe it's easier to play the heel when you're less experienced? It it depends on who you are as a person. I think it all depends oh, on right. your personality, yeah. because uh, there is. Uh, that there are a, f- a few guys I train with who have only ever been good guys because they're naturally happy, smiley, yeah. go-lucky people, which, which is great for family shows, great, great, great for kids as well. Yeah. Uh, and there are some people who, uh, like like a, f- a few people now that I, I think I have said being a bad guy is easier. Because right. you don't have to try to get the crowd on your side. No. It's much easier to make people hate you than like you. Yeah, I th- I think I would, I would say like watching a lot of wrestling, and re- and watching like bad babyface work, and then watching okay heel work, like a bad babyface can be an okay heel, mm. because I, I I think it is I think it is easier generating generating what we what what we I'm not in the wrestling <laughs> business I just really love it, but what what we call heat 
is easier than generating sympathy. Mm. It's really oh, yeah. it's oh, yeah. the thing that the the thing that's most important in in that role when you're the babyface is having a good heel because unless you've got unless you've got someone in your way, no one's going to root for you. Mm. You can't just come out and go, "I'm a good guy," and everyone goes, "Yay!" Yeah, because you've got no point in being a good guy. Yeah, yeah. One point I bring up to guys quite a bit because um, uh, like everyone at SOS knows I have, and I have an acting background, so I, I have mm. more presence in the ring if that makes sense so yeah uh that they know i know how to talk and i know how yeah. to improvise and all that so they, they they often come to me like whenever they try to cut a promo they say mm-hmm. gene what do you think of this should i say this yeah and one of the I most feel like you're the bray wyatt of sos that's a that's a very <laughs> large compliment i'm not sure I'm, I'm not sure i'm worthy of it if i must be honest but um uh so yeah but pe- people do often come to me for help with talking Oh, right, yeah. Which I'm more than happy to do so. Um, And the thing I think I've said consistently is a good guy says, I want to be better or I want to be the best. Mm. Where a bad guy says, I am the best. I am better. Right. Mm. And so, like, just that simple, tiny bit of difference. Sometimes that's all you need to to work work a crowd, to get them to like you or hate you. Yeah. So... What stories, what programs have you been in uh, since you began wrestling that you thought were good stories? Um, I, I, I've been a fan of every story I've worked in bar one, and I may get to that in a bit. Okay. But, um, <laughs> oh, yes, we absolutely will we get will. to that. <laughs> Damn. Um, <laughs> um, it actually involves another actor, which, which will make this very interesting. interesting. Um, uh, so... Uh, my first program, I was actually brought in to be a manager at first of a tag team called the Generic Bikers. I know, <laughs> nice, I nice. know. Uh, in, involving my good friend, the violent gentleman, Lewis Williams, and someone who shall not be named because he quit. Screw that guy. Oh, um, yeah. So um, they, they were a tag team for a while mm-hmm. and then uh, they convinced me to start training. And, and I said to Mark, the promoter, I, I said, as of right now, I'd like to be a manager but I'd like to know enough in the ring so that I can be the bad guy who, you know, who, who, you know, gets... Yeah, takes it, the bump, it, gets his comeuppance. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Um, and then as time's gone on, I've just done more and more in the ring to the point yeah. where I started to get a more active role being a wrestler. Um, so yeah, I was I was, brought, I, I was initially started as a manager for the Generic Bikers and they had t-shirts that said Generic Biker 1, Generic Biker A. <laughs> right, yeah, exactly. That's brilliant. And so we, oh, I love that yeah, gimmick. Yeah. I love it. We were at Essex Comic Con, which takes place in the Dovercourt skating rink. Um and like I at this time I didn't have a character. I was there, I was crewing at the show, making sure the ring didn't collapse and mm-hmm. like yep. holding a, a championship belt or, or or whatever have you. Um and we, it was the end of the day, we, we were setting down the ring, waiting for the van to turn up to take it back to uh, where we were based. And uh, just talking to the guys, it all came out as a joke. I said, like, uh, they said, Big, so have you ever th- uh, like thought of a name yet? For I'll be honest, I can't think of anything. Like, I don't know what should I be for the generic bikers. And uh, one of the guys just said, what if your name was Gene Rick? What if your name was generic? I love it. <laughs> and And... <laughs> this this is absolutely true. Mark heard Gene Rick. Yeah, that's quite a nice name. Use that. I'm like, All right, cool. So we had the T-shirt made. So it was just like plain black, 
plain black t-shirt and like in small white aerial font as generic as it gets no yeah. pun intended mm-hmm. was the word Jean Rick generic with a, with a space in the middle yeah. mm-hmm. like that was the joke ha ha Mark saw the t-shirt went oh I get it now <laughs> I just thought it sounded cool I was like dude you <laughs> see <laughs> so, yeah, so um, uh, the tag team fell apart unfortunately and I said to Mark let me keep the Jean Rick name and I'll make it my own he went right go for it Mark uh, has always been brilliant about giving us creative freedom with yeah. what we do. He, like, uh, we get told the story, like how he wanted to play out, but in terms of what we do mm-hmm. in the beats, that that's in that's all on us, which is okay. fantastic. Uh, so I became a bad guy after I choke slam uh, choke slam someone after a uh, a sing off a singing contest. Yeah, a sing off. I know. <laughs> I, I, only I could debut for a wrestling company. You know, Sing off, <laughs> <laughs> and then for, like like the crowd was so so into it that it was announced it was a draw. Uh, so I choke slammed the guy. <laughs> and, I love it. And so I became a bad guy, and uh, I uh, went up with this guy who who was also an entertainer. Um, had a match with someone like like who was trying to help him, like 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 the good guys right. ganging up together. Yeah. Then, after a few months, I got told that I wouldn't be as active in the ring because Mark wanted me to do other things for him mm-hmm. because he knew I was a man of many hats, as it were. Um, so uh, we had a show for a while, WLZ, uh, because it was the first series of this took place yeah. at the Zinc Art Centre in Chelmsford. Right. We were basically going to do a, a weekly wrestling show on YouTube and he wanted me to be the solo commentator. Oh. And that was a lot of pressure yeah, <laughs> because... To my knowledge, no one's done solo commentary since Joey Styles and ECW. Yeah. And if they have, it hasn't. It certainly hasn't been done well. Yeah. So I thought, shit. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, WZ that uh, then got moved to Kingsway Hall, which is yeah. which was our new home. Yeah. Uh, in Dover Court, so I did that for four seasons. I think it was. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know if we've released all the episodes yet, but um, yeah. So it, it it was me on the balcony looking down at the ring, recording on my phone. This is that's how low tech really? it was. Just using the voice recorder on, on my Galaxy S7 at the time, yeah. and just just going to town, calling the matches like a mix of both color commentary yeah. and um, and play by play, play by play. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Um, trying to tell the story and all the moves time was a challenge, but it was so much fun, and I was good at it as well. Like no one's had a bad thing to say about what I was doing, which I was so happy with. Um, not to toot my own horn or anything. <laughs> um, and, and, and and then shortly after uh, season one of WLZ went up, uh, Mark said, I want you to be the SOS general manager. We're going to we're gonna make you a good guy. And yeah, you are going to be, quote unquote, the boss of the training school. I thought, okay, cool. That was brilliant. <laughs> yeah, uh, wasn't expecting that. Um, uh, so that, that, that happened at uh, the end of March last year. And then in December last year, I became the overall, the undisputed wrestling league general manager in That's charge right, of wrestling to... league and SOS. Now, what did you? Uh, who did you? You fought for that, right? I didn't fight. I had someone fight for me oh, because right, okay. uh, Nick Payne, the dastardly devil. That's right. You had a match with him, didn't you? No, uh, but I did recently. But this you was did, for, yeah. this was for, for something different. That's right. Uh, December is our. Uh, invasion show that 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 that's the mm-hmm. SOS WrestleMania, right? The big end of year spectacular. 
I'm so excited. Um, please, please <laughs> make sure it's not on a weekend that I'm away. <laughs> I really want to. See I'll it. do my best. Like, like, what do I say to them? <laughs> sure, we, we'll reschedule for you, Tom. Yeah, That's please fine. do. That. <laughs> that would be. Great. Um, yeah, what it was. Um, uh, we had a secret Santa show, which made me learn. I have to be careful what I say around Mark, because normally things I say as a joke, he thinks. That's a good idea. We'll do that. And it's like, like I was talking to someone else, and oh. and I said, "What if we have like a secret Santa show where like all the matches are drawn at random?" He goes, "Dude, you're a genius." I'm like, "What? What? What? No, hold on. What? <laughs> it's like, no, hold up. <laughs> is this like? Is this? Is this? Is this like that anecdote um, that that Dean Ambrose said about Vince McMahon saying in the script, never use nouns. Don't use nouns because Vince will turn it into a prop." <laughs> Sort of, sort of. It's just, just like I suggest things as a joke that, that I think are funny. Like, oh, would, wouldn't it be cool if this happened? Ha ha ha! Yeah. And it turns out nine, like five times out of ten, at least they can be a good idea. Oh, like, cool. oh sweet. Yes, yeah, so we, we did a, a secret Santa show where all the matches were, were drawn at random. I, I picked them out of a hat, and I uh, on the second to last match, I picked out. Uh, a uh, match writing that wasn't mine, so like someone had fiddled with it, uh, right. and it was Nick Payne, the wrestling journal manager, putting himself in yet another championship match. Right. He lost. He lost to Callum Chuck, my good friend who suplexed me through the ring. Yeah. Ow. Um, <laughs> and um, after after he got his butt handed to him, I said I had enough. I grabbed a microphone. I called him out. I said, "You can't keep doing this. You're the boss. It's not fair." So so yeah. In two weeks at Invasion. General manager, this is general manager, you and me, winner take all. He said, I'm not fighting you, Gene. You, you are so below me, I'm not going to fight you. I want to fight someone who actively wrestles on the wrestling league roster. Because right. at this time, I was not on wrestling league, I was just on SOS. Yeah. Uh, they, the training school shows. Yeah. And he had, a, he had an apprentice, uh, young Charlie May. And oh, did you get Charlie May to fight for you? Yes, because... Charlie May is brilliant. Charlie May is brilliant. Um... Flippy little shit he, that he did like a red arrow or something ridiculous. He, he, he does a lot of ri- ridiculous stuff. You should see him in training. He'll, he'll do 17 moonsaults in a row just because he can. Has he done like <laughs> a lot of gymnastics training as a kid? Not that I know of. I don't think so. Oh my God. It, it's, it's just like he, he, he just gets it. He, he knows that wherever you point your head, your body's going to follow. So he, it, 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 it's insane. So at the time... I, he, he I was... implore I implore any listeners, <laughs> go to Kingsway Hall watch Wrestling League see Charlie May he is ridiculous he's what is he 15, 16? 16, 17 at this point yeah 16, 17 yeah, yeah. absolutely unbelievable Ugh, ridiculous um, so yes yeah, so at the time he was Nick Payne's apprentice but things have kind of been going awry between mm-hmm. the two like whenever they had a match Nick would be the one to lose it Charlie would be the one to win it right so I could tell that there was frustration there so I said okay fine you don't want to fight me you want to pick someone from the wrestling, wrestling roster I choose Charlie May, bang, super kick to Nick right there. And there. <laughs> uh, so the match was set. Winner take all, Nick Payne v. Charlie May representing Gene Rick. And Charlie won. Thank the stars. Thank the stars. And, and then... typical my luck, two days before the show, I get tonsillitis. Oh, and so you can't talk. I can't talk. <laughs> oh, no. I can't use my greatest weapon. Yeah. And and so I messaged Mark. I said, I, I, I've completely lost my voice. I can't speak. My throat's completely swollen shut. And he, he just replied, crap. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 
So um, what little I could talk at the time after, you know, just trying to drink soup all day just so I could, you know, that's the only way I could eat was just mm. soup and I was so miserable. It's like, like all I could thought it was like this. It was completely horrible, just completely stuck. Yeah. And it hurt so much as well, so I couldn't even do that for mm-hmm. long. For long. Which is sad, because like Mark said, he wanted me to cut a promo. He wanted me to basically cry out of joy. Which is unfortunate, but the way things played out, it still went very, very well. And then you were you were the general manager. Yes, then I became the undisputed general manager. General manager of both things. Charlotte, mm. I don't know about you, but like, I really enjoyed that story. Yeah, I did. <laughs> like, I did. And so that's, a, that's long-term storytelling for you yes. as a character, yeah. right? And and that's continued on. Mm-hmm. Um, you you even had a match for the uh, wrestling league championship or SOS, SOS championship. SOS, the yes. SOS, you had a match for the SOS championship against Nick Payne. Against so, Nick Payne of all so, people. Yeah, yeah. So the feud kind of continues, but he beat you, didn't he? He beat me. Technically, well, technically, I won the match twice because he cheated. Uh, well, yes, of course, because he's um, Nick Payne. What it was, I wanted to make sure that Nick Payne was kept far away from any championship as possible because he'd already had yeah. so many shots yeah taken away so many opportunities from so many other people who mm-hmm. are much more deserving but as is nick payne yeah he managed to weasel his way into one more match for the sos championship uh and the champion champion at the time was xander who i've gone up against in the past in a death match like that xander. was not fun i um, like xander Z- Z- xander's brilliant he and he gets better every time he steps in the ring it's yeah. scary um uh, it was a triple threat match. It was Nick Payne, Mickey B, and Xander in a, I want to say, in a Extreme Rules match, it turned out to be. Um, Nick Payne, admittedly, I think, got lucky, as he does. He's very smart. He's very opportunistic. Yeah. He, he, uh, speared... Like that, that spear off the bar in the six-man that you did. <sighs> Mental. That was Mental. dangerous. That was silly as well. It was yeah. just, it's because like like the height between where the bar sits and the ceiling. Yeah. There's not a lot of well, there's no standing room. There's not supposed to be. So, yeah. so he was like crouched down, yeah. running along the bar. That 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 was nuts. Yeah. He came out of nowhere. It was amazing. Yeah, Nick is very opportunistic. That's yeah. in my opinion. That's why he's made it so, as far yeah. as he has in wrestling. Yeah. Git. Um, <laughs> yeah, so uh, he he spears Xander through a table, becomes SOS champion, right? Champion of my brand, and, and like I can't have this this guy representing us, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, so admittedly, I throw my weight around a bit because that's face facts. There's a lot to throw around, um, like trying to put him in as many matches as possible for him to lose the belt. And we had an idea for a match called the Joker's Wild Gauntlet. Which is going to be six or seven people where all the names were drawn randomly. Right. My name was drawn. <gasps> and I thought, I kind of have to go along with it. Like, I can't yeah. redraw really it. Um, you can't. I, I mean, there were so many names in the hat. Paul Tyrrell, our head trainer, he would have been in the match if his name was drawn. Oh, he was in the hat as well? Oh, yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Everyone, everyone was in the hat. Just sheer happenstance, my name got drawn. I ended up going against Roman Riot, who's currently out with knee surgery. Get well soon, Roman. Oh, get well soon, Roman. Yes. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I ended up winning that match with a sit-out last ride. A sit-out last ride? A sit-out ride. last ride. <laughs> I, I was feeling particularly nasty that day. <laughs> Everyone Google sit-out last ride. <laughs> yeah, it, 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 it's a, a Keith Lee's finisher. 
before he signed yeah. with, with NXT. Yeah. Uh, he calls it the spirit bomb. Keith Lee Ke- is Keith Lee, a phenomenal. He is everything I want to be and more. He's what is he? Three fifty. At least More? he he he's a big dude, but he's he's ath- athletic. The guy can moonsault, missile, drop kick, he suicide is, dives. That yeah, player. He, he's insane. <laughs> he's massive. Like Keith Lee is he's everything. The world's largest luchador. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so I I I did a spirit bomb. I I I won the gauntlet, and that was that moment of realization. Is like I have to be the one to dethrone Nick Payne. Right. Yeah. It only makes sense. Yeah. That like we've gone on this long. Yeah. So you've built it. So the whole thing is built to that moment. Yeah. And you had to do it. Yeah. As, um, I, I was saying Nick Payne come represent us. And like I said from day one, I don't need to be SOS champion. No. You I, just need Nick Payne not to be. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, you know, you know, no better way to do a job than, than to do it yourself. Absolutely. Yeah. It turns out. Um, But, but in, in the match... With Nick, he he counted himself out at first, and I was like, I I I've been trying to to build this up for as long as I can. It's a championship advantage. Championship advantage, oh. exactly. Yeah. So if you get for the listeners a uh, championship advantage in a wrestling match, the champion can only lose his title via pinfall or submission in the ring. So if he is counted out of the ring, then he loses the match but keeps his championship. And the same thing if he gets disqualified, if he uses a weapon yeah, or absolutely. breaks the rules. <clears throat> so Nick counts himself out. He says, I'm, I'm out of here, fine. I threw some more weight around and I restarted the match. Oh, right. And right. I said, if you could count out again, you lose the championship. Very good. He wasn't too happy about that. Um, unfortunately, Nick, again, being opportunistic and, and as smart as he is, just started attacking my left leg. Which, being a big guy like me, I need the support. <laughs> so um, uh, he ended up... Chopping down a redwood. Yeah, I- exactly. He ended up locking me in his STF. I made it. I, I managed to make it to the ropes. Um, I, again, after all the time, he, he's attacked my leg. Like, mm-hmm. It hurts like hell. The STF is uh, the step over... To- S- step uh, over... Step over toe, toe face toe lock. face lock. So, yeah. Yes. Um, Google it... Uh, one of John Cena's finishing moves. Yeah, which, he's which, rubbish at it. Which he's at the time terrible. he terrible. At the time he called it the STFU. Yes, of course. Because ha ha ha. ha, ha, um, ha, ha, ha. Yeah, I managed to make it to the ropes, which would uh, normally force the other guy to break the hold, um, but he didn't let go. Uh-huh. He just kept cranking on my neck and, and my leg at the same time, and uh, he got disqualified, and then started attacking, like, like attacking me with a steel chair. Like like he he really? was he, he was out to hurt me that night because just like I'd had enough of him he clearly had enough of me thankfully Aaron Warns was there to um, save the day save oh, me Aaron Warns Ar- Aaron did a run in he did a run in with the lads and huge fan Richie. of Aaron Warns he, he he again someone who was very good at what they do yeah love him to bits we call each other cream puff it's amazing. <laughs> No, be, uh, because of um, uh, the South Park movie between oh. Satan and, and Saddam Hussein. Is that his that cream puff? <laughs> oh, no. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, we call each other cream puff. <laughs> yeah, he came to save the day because um, I want to say was the previous show, Aaron had won a a Rumble match to to become the next number one contender to the SOS Championship. So he, uh, he, he would have been facing the champion the next month. Oh, right, yeah. So uh, he, he came to save, came to... Uh, Satanic, I'm coming for you. 
And um, that was that. I had to take some time to heal my leg. Uh, and then uh, I got to put on a new hat in Wrestling League for a time. For a few shows yeah. last month, I, I got to be the, the MC, the announcer. Oh, excellent. Because our, our, our normal fella, Benson... Yeah was unwell and unable to make a few certain dates okay so, so yeah filled in there i i filled in there you a see man of many hats me <laughs> you see to me like this whole like all of that that whole story right in the ring the people that came out how nick behaved what you have there is consistent character behavior you have legitimate conflict and you have two people that are using inside terms again getting over because Gene's got this horrible horrible obstacle this terrible terrible guy but this terrible terrible guy isn't like the Miz terrible guy or Shane McMahon terrible guy he's Triple H terrible guy which means he's also dangerous yes so like you're both getting over with that story because you're both being completely legitimised in your characters and in your work, that kind of that kind of thing is that is is, in a sense, that's wrestling storytelling one hundred and one. That's good wrestling storytelling. I'm glad you think so. <laughs> no, I, I I absolutely do. It's 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 genuinely like it's genuinely compelling storytelling. And of course, when it's happening in a fight, which is so visceral, its its effect is 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 multiplied because the whole story is told in a fight, mm. and it's not just people doing stuff to each other. It's it all means something. So when wrestlers and wrestling is is maligned because people still can't get over the fact that it's not real, and the people that say wrestling isn't real and so it's not very good go home and watch all of the TV yeah. drama that believe it or not isn't real either. Yeah, and and they they haven't fully understood the sophistication of the storytelling within within wrestling and the work that they do. The only reason that it hasn't got that same legitimacy, I think, is because it's not trying ever to be highbrow. Mm. It's never ever trying to be truly kind of a, a transcendental art. It's just trying to draw you in and transport you and make you feel something. Mm. I've described it before as the idiot the idiot savant of arts. Yeah. Because it looks so stupid, but it's actually genius. Mm. What do you like you listen to that whole story, mm. Chucks. What like how what do you make of that story? And like what would if you were asked to play a role in that, like how would you approach it? Well, I think it's exactly the same as being asked to do a fight sequence in a play or a film. Yeah. It's exactly the same. You have two characters. One of them's going to come out better off than the other one in the end mm -hmm. because that is the story. Yeah. Um, and that's the trajectory that they're moving on. And, you know, you would choreograph a fight. It's not real. We all know it's not real. Yeah. We hope it's not real. <laughs> <laughs> um, so it is exactly the same. And it, it it's just a series of people creating a series of events Yeah. to make a story. But within that, there is the construction of character. Yeah. And there is the, there is a legitimate construction of motivation. Mm -hmm. You, 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 Jean, spent uh, 
a, a decent chunk of that story telling us why you were motivated to do it. Like, why did you want this fight? We're not fighting for no reason. We're not fighting just because we're wrestlers. We're fighting because of this reason. Mm. Right? You needed to do something. And it actually was, it wasn't about the, the championship being around your waist. Yeah. So, in that sense, mm. if it's a fight sequence in a movie, mm-hmm. if you've got to do a fight sequence in a movie, or if you've got to have an argument in a movie, essentially they're the same thing. They're yeah. just they're they're they're, they're just they're just different mediums, I suppose. Yeah. You you know that the argument is not going to be convincing without motivation, right? Mm-hmm. Would you not say that? That's the first. That's the first thing you ask when you look at a scene. It like, is, what's yeah. the point? Why am I doing this? Why am I doing this? Yeah. Um, transferring that to any script or setup that you're ever given is yeah. why am I doing this? So you've got something to achieve by the end of a scene, right? So you've got something to achieve by the end of a fight. So you've got so, something to achieve beat for beat as well. Beat for beat, yeah. So last week we talked about how you approach a script mm. and how and how you will write on it and you will yeah. you will take sentences or lines yeah. and you will give an intention to each one. How so do I achieve? How this? do I achieve? Right, yeah. so I'm going to try this now. Yeah. This is how I'm going to try and do this. Yeah. This is what I'm going to try and do in this bit. Yeah. This is now what I'm going to try and do because this happened here. Yeah, each line is it, yeah. a wrestling move. Yeah. Guys, guys, <laughs> all the listeners, wrestling is the best. <laughs> right? It's the same as acting. It's the same. This is this is this is one of the main reasons why I wanted you to come on this podcast because I need <laughs> to make this point that wrestling is absolutely brilliant. <laughs> I, I love that term you use for it, the idiot savant of art. I think I found my new nickname, honestly. <laughs> the idiot savant. It is. It absolutely is. It it uses its own, it uses its own language, which is in a sense completely completely made up entirely for its own purposes, and yet all of those words translate into all other storytelling completely. Mm-hmm. A compelling narrative is drawing money. Yeah. A sympathetic character is an over baby face. It's all it's it's all the same. Yeah. It's all the same. So, Jean, you began training to wrestle in 2017 right uh may of 2017 yes it's 2019 mm-hmm. it's mid 2019 now mm-hmm. how has that how has that occupation changed how you think about yourself and and what your life is like now it's changed the way i think about myself a great deal and i'm happy to say for the better one of the reasons I I knew I was coming, you know, to to the end of acting was because I was unhappy, um, and normally acting was my escape from that. It was like, as you said, I'm I'm at my best when I'm on a stage. I for a long time I've said I have the opposite of stage fright. I like when I'm on a stage, I'm the best I'm ever gonna be. But any other so so social situation, I'm a goddamn wreck. Right. And. I, where my mental health was at, I was at a point where I didn't enjoy acting anymore. And I felt so sad about that because that was my escape. That was my release. I wonder where that came from. Mm-hmm. It's, that's, um, it's, an, it's, an, it's an interesting thing because 
we we spent a lot of the last podcast talking about resilience and how to and and how to how to cope with with doing it because it's really hard and it actually often has a very negative mm. effect on your psychology mm. and you used to use it as the thing that made you feel actualized and then it became something that was not mm. so what what why is wrestling different Wrestling is different. I, I I think again because of the creative freedom to the point where at times I don't feel like I'm playing a character. I feel like it's me out yeah. there. I feel, for lack of a better term, complete almost. Yeah. Whereas with acting, I always felt happier because I was pretending to be someone else. Yeah. Pretending to be someone I wasn't. Yeah. And is, uh, was that was that it? Was it that you realised that that pretending to be someone else is isn't helping yeah basically um <clears throat> and like i i kind of lost my spark as well I, I i thought i wasn't getting any better i was stagnating and if you're not happy about something you should change it i've i've, I've thought that for a long time i still do mm. um and so when i came to wrestling it felt fresh because it was so new it was so different and yet similar in so many aspects i felt like this isn't this is a, a new challenge this is, some, this is something i can grow into this is something i can change into and with the gene rick character as i said it, it's me turned up to 11 so it's me yeah. like i don't have to pretend anymore do you find it quite tiring sometimes because i think i think the way that you speak there um, is a little bit like when I I've I've in, I've I've indulged myself in stand-up comedy for a time, and I got to be myself, and that as much as it, that for me as much as anything else was about me breaking down those barriers with the audience and about me learning to be okay with standing in front of people because mm. I've been acting for ages, but I never got over being in front of people, mm. and so I made myself stand in front of people as myself and try to make them laugh in real time and like it's it's like right i'm i i'm scared of cars so i'm going to step out into the traffic that was essentially what i did yeah and in in a lot of ways it was a real release for me like maybe i might i might have only gigged kind of like once a month but in those few days before i gigged when when it had been the longest since since my last gig i would get really miserable and angry and then i would go and go and do a gig and i would and then I would be able to go to work happy for a little while because I'd been released. But I actually found the whole thing terribly, terribly tiring. Do you think that you'll kind of experience the fatigue of that? Or do you think that really that won't get old? The great thing about wrestling is if you, if you want to change, you can do it. It's not like where well, you're doing the same show on a tour. Yeah. You're playing the same character. You're saying the same lines. You're doing the same actions night after night after night. Because depending on where you work, say, for example, you normally work in Harwich, where I'm a good guy. At some point, I could get someone to say, I want you to come do one or two shows for me in London or in Nottingham, whatever. Mm-hmm. I want you to be a bad guy. I want you to be this sort of bad guy. So uh, there's like no two shows will ever be the same, really, because and like like the way some people's schedules are, it's absolutely bananas. Um, uh, Tim Lee is a good example. Tim Lee, for those who don't know, is 
a fantastic wrestler. He's a he's a he's a a bigger guy. He's he's rather short and portly. Sorry, Tim. Um, <laughs> but he's so amazingly talented and so technical. He's so good at what he does. He wrestles a comedy style. Right. So his matches are often they're very entertaining and they're very funny. But this leads to people criticizing him, saying, "Oh, he's a comedy wrestler. He's like, he's not a real wrestler." Exactly, which is a dumb argument to make, because like it's it's called sports entertainment because it's entertainment. Um, and recently, we held a tournament for a championship, and we a wrestling league had him turn heel. He became a bad guy, and he wrestled a very serious match. And again, he was spectacular. Really? Yeah. So um, depending on where you work, you can constantly change things up. So, Chucks, mm. it it's all terribly exhausting, isn't it? It is. <laughs> it's all terribly exhausting. All of it. What do you do to keep as a as a wrestler? You can you can change what you do. Mm. What do you do as an actor to keep what you do interesting? Uh, finding things that interest you. Uh, personally, I think. What uh, What do you the, mean by that? Do you mean like stories that personally resonate, or um, characters? Stories, characters, hobbies, anything, anything that you can find that interests you that will right. feed into what you do. Uh-huh. I think um, to keep that fresh and to keep what you do interesting to yourself and to other people, and I guess that there's. There's probably less opportunity to change up what you do because, as we said before, it's more kind of slotting into yeah um, a hole that a director wants you to fill. Have you found yourself, to any particular degree, typecast? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, definitely. But uh, I think... Do you find that exhausting? Yes. I think there's there's a... I think you have to ride the wave as it's there, though. Right. And as you change as a person, right. your type will change as well. Okay. So yeah. I think that that feeds into it a bit. So I suppose um, you have to have some stamina because the change comes slower. The then. change comes a lot more slowly. And there's the aspect of it being exhausting just through the life of being an actor. Yeah. I think that's the most, that's the more exhausting part of it is living as an actor than living as an actor in the in in the in the practical sense in the practical sense yeah these are all kind of things that take a great deal of resilience to 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 cope with the question the final question i'd ask really is that as as satisfying as it might be like what's the what's the real point? We talked about what it what it does for us and what it does for Eugene. What do you think is the, actually the point of 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 being a professional wrestler? And you can and you can you can um, you can include or differentiate that from uh, what the point of acting is mm. as well. Like in, include performing arts in in the answer if you want to. For me, at least. Um both in acting and professional wrestling, for me, it's because I'm selfish. Oh, really? I think so, because in acting, I wanted I wanted people to love me. I wanted to be the centre of attention. 
but like like in that time on like on on my schedule as it were mm. i wanted all eyes on me and that's something that's played into wrestling again for me <laughs> witness me my catchphrase <laughs> is witness me yeah. i want all eyes on me i want to be in the spotlight i want the people to love me adore me and and and, and, and all this i want their attention i want them to witness me so again for me part of it is because i'm being selfish like like that it, yeah because getting a positive reaction like that it, it is a drug oh yeah absolutely. you you absolutely if you have a match and for whatever reason it absolutely sucks yeah like the crowd aren't into it or mm-hmm. uh you, you don't gel well with the guy you're working with mm-hmm. you feel like absolute crap afterwards she's like I, like you didn't get your fix mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's the same thing doing a show. So, like what what you were saying about about being typecast. Normally, I would be typecast as uh, like I I was the funny comic relief character. Mm-hmm. I was a side character. I was never the hero or the villain. And so it's like there would be shows where I'd say a line, it would get a laugh. Yeah. Great. That positive reaction, that drug. I've got my fix. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the best night of my life. There'd be nights where I'd say the line, nothing. But also, also then, that that type of typecasting kind of that leaves you in danger of feeling like, generally speaking, you're you're just not taken seriously. Do you think you can be taken more seriously in in a ring? Yes, um, that was one of the main factors again for making the transition that I did was because yeah. I'd done all I could do because I felt like I couldn't be cast in another role. Right, like. N- n- it not 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 that people weren't taking me seriously, but like I was only there for a punchline, right? Almost, mm. and you didn't want to do that anymore. With the way I was mentally, no, no, no. So that's what it does for you. That's the that's that's the the feedback loop that it creates for you. That's that's good for you. But mm. step out of that. Step out of that kind of perceived selfishness. Which I'm, I, I would I would probably dispute Fair. selfishness, but if you step out of that, look at wrestling. Like mm-hmm. now, now you're a now you're a, a you're a mark. Yeah. Right? Inside terms again. Now you're a mark, <laughs> a paying customer, a mark. Why is it brilliant? Why is it brilliant, and why is it just so brilliant to be able to do it? Wrestling is brilliant because it, it, it's like, why do people watch boxing? Why do they watch MMA? Because there, there is some, watching other people fight mm-hmm. does bring out almost something primal within you, I think. Goes back to basic instinct. But with wrestling, yet there is the physicality of it. Mm-hmm. But it's because there is so much you could do with so little. You could have... Say, for example, five matches on one card for the evening. Mm. One match is for a championship. That's going to be quite a serious match. That's going to be 15 to 20 minutes. All the moves, all the high spots. Mm -hmm. Like, like that's the major crowd pleaser. You could have a second match, which is very technical, very slow. Mm -hmm. It's very, like, it takes his time. A match like that, you don't necessarily have to worry about doing a bunch of dangerous stuff to get a reaction yeah because you're doing everything so with such fluidity and all the moves look so genuine 
like you're going to get almost shock and awe from the audience. So you can get a real emotional investment in stuff that that works. Yes, a little slower. Exactly. A little bit more Cody Rhodes. Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Third match uh, will be a squash match, for example, where you have a really big guy against a little guy over in at most five minutes. Yeah. It makes you feel probably, f- probably less. Probably it? less. Yeah. yeah, like like you feel sorry for the little guy because mm-hmm. he's just had fifty shades of crap being out of him. But like you'll be in you you'll look at the big guy and go, Fucking hell, this guy's amazing. He's a yeah. monster. He killed he killed that man. Yeah. And and uh fourth match will be a tag team match mm-hmm. where as there are more people involved, your attention is split in so many different ways. Yeah. Because even there are guys, what are the guys doing in the ring, which you've already seen, but then there's what the guys are doing on the apron, whether they're mm-hmm. begging for the tag, whether they're clapping their hands, stopping their feet, like starting a you chant. Four stories instead of two. Exactly, yeah. and in many ways, uh, wrestling is so much more involved than other forms of entertainment. I feel because the fans are such a large part of the show. They have to be. Oh yeah. Because they're the ones who cheer you, they're the ones who boo you. They're the ones who put money in your pocket by buying your merchandise, mm-hmm. should you have any. Um, they are the ones we make the shows for because, in a part, they make the show. Yeah. Like, that's why wrestling, I think, is as fascinating as it is because you watching it, you are a larger part of it than yeah. you are in other art forms. Absolutely. And that is why, everybody, wrestling is brilliant. Wrestling is brilliant. <laughs> Straight from an actual wrestler's mouth, it is the best. <laughs> uh, I'm so going to get you watching wrestling one day, Chuck. I'm going to do I, it. I, I've seen, I've seen bits of wrestling. I mean, I I've got absolutely no idea what you guys are talking about with the jargon right now. But um, I thought we I thought we'd uh, done quite well to explain these things. Oh yeah, yeah. But before that, I had no idea. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I feel educated. Well, I'll tell you where you can come see some wrestling if you like. <gasps> oh yes, if please. I, if I may partake in a cheap plug. Absolutely. Kingsway Hall, Dover Court, Harwich Wrestling League is hosting three shows this month. We have IPW One Night Only on Saturday, the twentieth of July. This is going to be like nothing else you've seen at Kingsway Hall. We have a hardcore match. We have a beer pong match. <laughs> We have wow. uh, we have American wrestling star the cowboy James Storm. We have the Invisible Man versus the Invisible Man, which I'm super <laughs> excited for. <laughs> Is the referee going to take a bump? <laughs> Who knows? God, I hope so. Um, then on Friday the 26th, just just barely a week after one night only, we have Friday Night SOS, our, our monthly spectacle, mm-hmm. where you'll see many of the training stars of the School of Slam. Will we see Judo Josh there? That's a good question. He has been on a bit of a sabbatical. He's, has he? He's been training in so many dojos, breaking faces and breaking hearts. <laughs> he may be there. I uh, we, we may see Estrella, the brand new apprentice of Nick Payne. That's very good. Uh, I, I know we're going to see Aaron Warns against the violent gentleman Lewis Williams. Oh, the so excellence good. of Dextercution. Dexter goes one-on-one with the Killer Queen, Dynamite Gelatine, Dynamite with a laser beam guaranteed to blow your mind, Harley Ray. I messed up the lyrics there. <laughs> um, <laughs> and then the very next night, we have Ultimate League. This is Wrestling League's WrestleMania, the granddaddy of them all. 
where we have so many people. We have the Black Swan Caranoir against Harry Mance. We have El Fantasmo, who's recently been making a serious storm in Japan. He'll be wrestling for the uh, WLGP Championship. We have new wrestling league champion, the Bruce appearing. Uh, he'll be defending the title against Lord Gideon Gray and the anarchist James Castle. There is so much going on this week, folks, and uh, tickets are cheaper than anything. Oh, they're so cheap. They're they are so, so cheap. cheap. Honestly, I've taken I've taken a few friends to see uh, a couple of these shows, and they're like, oh my god, the amount of entertainment for like a fiver. Friday Night SOS tickets are a fiver every single month. That doesn't plan on changing. Absolutely. Like, it's just the most fun you can possibly have. And you will yell yourself hoarse. I had a really emotional moment last time I was there. Harry Mant was wrestling. And um, he did a Vader bomb. And it wasn't it wasn't that long after the man himself had died. And mm. uh, my friend and I, my friend and I just looked at each other and went, <gasps> <laughs> and we threw up the V's. Yeah. We threw up the V's, and Harry threw them back. Yeah. Oh, it was. Oh, it was a moment. It was such a moment. And the thing is, Harry was working it, working as a heel, but we just couldn't. We could. I couldn't. I. I couldn't boo Harry then, because Big Van Vader. And the thing is about Vader is that he was he was a heel his entire life. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest monsters of literally all time, uh, an an absolute icon. Of enormously mm. dangerous potential. I got I, I got to meet him shortly before he died. Did you? Which I'm very thankful. Yeah. Oh wow. Um, XWA were hosting shows in Charter Hall at the time in Colchester. Yeah, that's right. And um, yeah, on a sodding Sunday when I had to work. Yeah, yeah. Um, or was he there? He was there. Yeah. Um, he had a match against. Sid's, he had a match. He had a match <laughs> against Sid Scala. It, Not a long match. Surely. It was the definition of a squash match. <laughs> Poor Sid, man. Did he have I, his mask on? Did he wear his mask? Or is he maskless these days? Uh, was, was he maskless? For then? that match, I want I want to say he was maskless for that one. Yeah. Because yeah. I, I, I think either the previous night or the night before, he faced Will Ospreay, a Rev Pro. And I think for, really? that, for that match, he wore his mask. Right. Osprey versus Vader. For this show. Oh my God. Osprey, uh, for our listeners and for Chucks, Will Osprey is. I I would like it's it's legitimately argued that he's the best in the world. Former gymnast, he does yeah. so many technical moves and so many flips that should not be done by a human body. Yeah, he's an alien. Uh, uh, the, uh, for that for that show, there was a meet and greet. Mm-hmm. I got to meet uh, PJ Black, formerly um, Justin Gabriel of WWE, yeah. the South African Darewolf or whatever his nickname is. <laughs> so I, like, it, it, I, I know it's Daredevil and Werewolf, but I forget the the combination and, and mm-hmm. Vader as well. And this, again, this was just before Vader died. Oh, Vader! So, and so, um, when like he sounded very weak when he spoke, unfortunately, I, like which was heartbreaking to me. Because again, like like, mm-hmm. I've always looked up to the bigger guys because I've yeah. always been big ever since, ever since I was little, um, <laughs> and so like getting to meet Vader, I was like, this is so huge. Yeah, and like this before I even started training. So oh, like right, like look, yeah. looking back on it, I was I, I was still just a fan. So I was like, I should have asked him something. <laughs> I should have asked him something. Um, but like like this is like this is pre-generic i had the short yeah. hair i didn't have the beard yeah and i was such a basic bitch and, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah getting getting to meet him it was like once oh, in a lifetime what a hero what an absolute hero 
So, right, just just to end this, uh, just to end this podcast, I would I would like to uh, see if we can't Chucks and I <laughs> invent some uh, uh, wrestling characters. Yeah. Right, and then try and cut a promo. <laughs> like, like on each other maybe we should maybe try and cut a promo on each other right so we invent so we invent our characters right mm. and then we invent an angle mm-hmm. that means the story yeah yeah, yeah I got that bit <laughs> all these insider terms I know you're learning so much folks <laughs> and then we have to cut a promo right right <laughs> and we get we get 30 seconds okay yeah <laughs> It's going to be better than um, uh, Scott Steiner. Scott Steiner mathematics can't be beat. Scott Steiner's math. Everybody, Google Scott Steiner's mathematics. Yes, <laughs> it is. Uh, it is genius. The funniest thing as well, like <laughs> apparently that wasn't the first take. <laughs> that wasn't the first take. I mean, Tom's laughing because he knows. So please look up Scott Steiner maths Honestly, on YouTube. Jesus, oh my god. Um, where um, for those uninitiated, uh, he, he he Scott Steiner was part of a triple threat match, so it's one v one v one, and he goes normally, <laughs> normally you got thirty three and a third percent chance of winning, but I'm a genetic freak, so your chance go down to twenty six point five percent at best, and when you take your thirty three point three percent chance. And at my twenty six point five division chance of winning, it, 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 and it just gets crazier from oh, there. Oh wow! And it's apparently just... that was like the sixth take because PT Williams, who was beside him at the time, just, keep a straight just, face. He, he was la- <laughs> he, he was corpsing every shot they took. So and apparently the numbers just got crazier and crazier and crazier. It's too good. It's too good. Uh, after the podcast, we'll show you that promo. Okay. The numbers Absolutely. don't lie, <laughs> and they spell out disaster for you as sacrifice. Oh God! <laughs> you can get you can get a T-shirt with the entire you promo can? printed wow. on the front of it. Oh, it's so good. Okay, okay, so right, you, you'll need to help us out here, Gene. Oh, right? What kind of wrestler should I be? What right. could I? What could I be? Well, because you are a rather spindly person, I'd say. I like to say lies. <laughs> <laughs> you are, you are. Well, you know, you, you have long limbs, so I would say you should use those to your advantage. You, I I imagine you to be a submission grappler, <gasps> right? I'm so gonna be a grappler. So you're gonna tie someone in knots. Yeah. You're gonna turn Charlotte into a human pretzel. <gasps> Brilliant. <laughs> and ah. Oh, this is perfect because you'll be the bendiest person on the planet. Yeah. And I'll be like, I'll tie you up in knots. And you'll be like, I don't care. <laughs> it's like, yeah, what? The contortionist. <laughs> That's it. That's it. Right. So what's my wrestling name? Right, what's my wrestling name? And then what's my wrestling nickname? My wrestling name is... Janet Street Porter. Janet Street <laughs> Porter. <laughs> My wrestling name is Edward Thomas. Edward Thomas. Edward. Edward. The. Ed. 
Edward. I wish you could see his Edward, face, folks. Edward the Boy Scout Thomas, because I'll tie you up in knots. Do you know what? I was actually thinking <laughs> the Boy Scout, but I thought, no, that's too stupid. No, I'm doing but it. You want to go for it? it. Ed, Edward the Boy Scout Thomas. <laughs> so we have Edward the Boy Scout Thomas. Yeah. I can't even for Boy Scout. That's insane. And we have the contortionist that that should just be charlotte's name the contortionist the contortionist i was christened the contortionist <laughs> the contortionist yeah the vicar didn't know what to make of that i'm sure yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> right so we've been uh like okay so we we we've been feuding for a bit it's going to culminate in a pay-per-view match i'm making a lot of faces it's not very good for a podcast <laughs> We've been feuding for a while. What are, what have we been feuding over? The fact that you can't tie her up. I can't do it. I just can't <gasps> because she is a stretch Armstrong. <laughs> so, like it literally. Right. Okay. So, oh, do you think maybe I've maybe I broke a f- one of your friend's legs? You want revenge? Yeah. It's like, That's like really well, you need to, you need to be the one that you need to be the one that that, that does the running when I'm when I'm um, when I'm yeah. breaking someone's you, like you're, neck. You're, you're attacking yeah. our friend. She runs in to make the save, chases you off, and then and then the match is set up, and it's like, <gasps> is right. So I'm I'm the heel, right? Yeah, I'm the heel. Oh, right. you, you just try to break someone's leg. I should I should blow. Yeah. I hope so. Right. <laughs> What's their name? Just in case we need to refer to them, what's the person's name? What's your your wrestler friend's name? Keith. Keith. <laughs> Not Keith. <laughs> Not Keith. Edward Thomas, you fiend. <laughs> right, it's Keith. <laughs> he sounds deadly. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So. Yeah. That's the setup. That, yeah. The match is coming on Sunday. <laughs> Right, Shit. <laughs> we've got we've got thirty seconds, right, right, to cut a promo. Like we we will cut a promo on each other, and we'll get thirty seconds each. Okay, right. <laughs> this is gonna be so good. Okay, just just to give you guys a little bit more to do. Yeah, yeah. Let's yeah. say you, uh, your match is taking place at Kingsway Hall. Oh yeah, we have to set. We have to. We have to. Yeah, July thirty first. Y- yeah, say. the thing. The thing is, yeah, the thing is about a promo is that you do have to. You have to say. At, on like like yeah. on July first at King, like you have to I'm say where it is because essentially brother. essentially all you're Dude. saying is come and see the show. That's what the promo. It, that's why it's called a promo and not an argument. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, promo itself is short for promotion. So. <laughs> okay, so do you want to do you, uh, do you want to be um, mean Gene Oakland for this? Do you wanna just <laughs> just not... do a bit of just do a bit of uh, I'm backstage with or something. Sure, fine. Okay. <laughs> right. I have no idea what I'm going to say. No. I'm panicking so, so much. That, that's the best I'm part. Do some honestly. good lucha stuff. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh, when 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 you're ready, just okay. uh, introduce me, and I'll give myself okay. a second. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm here today with Edward the Boy Scout Thomas. Now, Edward, last week you attacked Keith with a steel chair, damn near breaking his leg until the contortionist came out to make the save. What do you have to say about that? I'll tell you what I have to say about that. Oh, God. <laughs> the contortionist? The contortion what? 
I'll tell you, on the 31st of July at Kingsway Hall, I'm going to tie you up in so many knots, you won't know your ass from your toenails. <laughs> Very strong words there from the Boy Scout. <laughs> I missed out. That was five seconds off. It needs some work. It needs some work. It needs some work. <laughs> it needs some work. Okay. Uh, now, right, you're backstage. Aye. With the contortionist. <laughs> right? Uh, this isn't how I picture spending my Monday morning. Uh- <laughs> I'm having the time of my life. <laughs> hey, uh, are you ready? I think so. Okay. Gene? Uh, Ladies and gentlemen. I'm backstage here with the contortionist. Now, recently, you had to save your darling beloved Keith from Edward Boy Scout Thomas. Now, a match has been made for the end of next month. What do you have to say about that? I tell you what I'm going to do. <laughs> oh, my. On July 31st, Kingsway Hall, I'm going to plumb you into the system. <laughs> I'm going to plumb you in. I'm going to bend your pops because I am the contortionist. And I will fuck you up. I ain't got no time for this. I ain't got no time for this. On Dominic Pateray is better to sign teeth. What was that? Jesus Christ. No, 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 no. no. Jesus, had, <laughs> Jesus had nothing to do with whatever oh, that was. No. <laughs> I mean, no, normally I'm the one to freak people out because I, I can kind of talk of that as well. <laughs> I was not expecting that. <laughs> oh, what? that was fucking classic. Uh, that was fun, wasn't it? I'm glad we did that. <laughs> listeners, listeners, you've uh, you've witnessed a world first and a world last. <laughs> that never, ever happens again. Never, literally <laughs> ever. I don't think your throat would allow it. <laughs> okay, uh, on that absolutely marvellous note, uh, we will end the podcast. Jean, thank you so much. Thank you, thank you for having me, guys. I appreciate it. Uh, Charlotte, thank you uh, for that <laughs> tremendous promo. Thank you for that gift. I am absolutely <laughs> terrified. <laughs> I am definitely never wrestling you. Um, thank you, listeners, for listening. Please like, share, subscribe, uh, do all the podcast things. Yeah. We uh, love you all uh, dearly. We're desperate for your validation. Oh, uh, God, that's why that. we do literally all the things that we do, because there is a gaping void in our sense of self, and you fill it. So please help us fill our holes by liking, sharing, subscribing, all and listening to all... faces. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah listen to all our podcasts uh, there's two of them so far Woo! there'll also be a link with all the information about the wrestling oh absolutely yes, we'll yes. put that in the uh, we'll put that in the description of the podcast yeah. um, so you can uh, so you can book your tickets it is a hell of a night I recommend it very very highly thanks very much thank you bye witness me witness <laughs> me Thank <laughs> you.
know any. No characters, right? We've I've seen, <laughs> we've seen theatre, we've seen films. Sometimes, sometimes I search. <laughs> sometimes I search up that that little video of your leg drop just so I can watch it because it's absolutely brutal.